my first international travel to the U ever was to go on a Disney trip. This was before that even occurred. So this goes way back to my, when I was like five okay. and my, my parents, uh, my mom was a single mom. So I'm sure she saved all her money to take me on this trip. Right. So we made it to uh, Disney and it was like a family trip and it was the most memorable time in my life. Welcome to the Disney Points Podcast, where our goal is to help you take that dream Disney vacation without blowing through your savings. With ticket costs and hotel prices constantly on the rise, we want to show you what's possible when you introduce credit card points and miles to the Disney equation. I'm Kim Shear, and you can find me on my blog, vacationpointers.com, or at my Instagram account, at vacation underscore pointers. And I'm Sam Holland, and you can find me on the web at almostfreetraveling.com, or on Instagram at Almost Free Traveling. And now, this is the Disney Points Podcast. So today, we are going to talk about a frequently requested topic that Sam and I both get, and it's Disney Cruises. And neither Sam nor I have ever been on one, so with us today to dive into that topic is my friend Allie from at Allie Travel Points, and she literally just got off a Disney cruise, a seven-night cruise a couple of days ago. So we're really excited to pick her brain and hear about her money-saving tips. So Allie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Kim. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. I yes. am just fresh off the boat, literally. My bags are still in their respective, <laughs> their cubes are still inside some of the bags. But um, I am so excited to be on today because, you know, this is kind of a, a full circle journey uh, for me because I have never been on a Disney cruise and I've lived in Florida now for almost 25 years. And if you pick up on, you know, my accent, it's because I am not from Florida or the US. So I am actually from Panama and I was born and raised there with a little break in the 80s uh, where, you know, with uh, a situation where we had a dictator in our country made our family basically split and go to fly over into Miami. And so we settled there for a couple of years. But with that came a lot of learning of how things are in this country from scratch. And I, as a young child, didn't um, understand, you know, scarcity and all the things. But my first international travel to the U ever was to go on a Disney trip. This was before that even occurred. So this goes way back to my, when I was like five okay. and my, my parents, uh, my mom was a single mom. So I'm sure she saved all her money to take me on this trip. Right. So we made it to uh, Disney and it was like a family trip and it was the most memorable time in my life. But then when we go back to Panama and all of this happens with the economic situation made us move to the U.S., and, you know, Disney was never affordable at that point. It was like, mm -hmm. well, you can live here, but doesn't mean you can afford to go to Disney all the time. So uh, a lot of money saving hacks came along the way over time because then anybody that would come and visit us in Miami while we lived there wanted to go to Disney. So it was like, okay, we have to go to Disney and, you know, do the things. But it was then that my mom would 
and my aunt and other family members, you know, we would pack the sandwiches and go to the parks and stuff like that. So, you know, I learned from an early age, like, well, there are ways that you don't have to spend money on Disney, but you can still experience Disney on a cheaper, more frugal way. So that became, you know, what we always did. And so it still reminds me because I still do it to this day. So fast forward, we moved back to Panama, and then I decided to come to college in the U.S. and decided to study finance because I wanted to money hack my way into my future and learn how to do it like the Americans did it. Ali, can you tell us your favorite part of cruising with Disney? I've been on a couple cruises. I went, I was on a Bahamas cruise for work once. And then my favorite thing ever was I did an Alaskan cruise with my mom and sisters, which is uh-huh. fantastic. But I have not been on a Disney cruise. So tell us, have you been on other cruises besides the Disney cruise? How did this compare? What What are your thoughts? So this would have, this would be my fifth Disney, uh, cruise period. And... I think this was by far the best. The first one was Royal Caribbean, just my husband and I back in 2005. That was three days. Then a Mediterranean cruise by Costa, which is not even around anymore, owned by Carnival. And then I went on Carnival. That was not not good in my opinion. And then I went on Norwegian for a Baltic cruise. So the best were... Norwegian and Disney, but Disney by far the best because of all the um, entertainment and things that everybody can do at all times. So for that, Disney, I think, takes it. But we seem to just do one cruise maybe every five years because most of our travel is now um, international. Just uh, we fly to a place and just stay there or hop to different locations, like a cruise, but I do it on my own. Um, So that would be the difference, but it is very easy travel, which is what makes it good for families. Yeah, I think that's what I hear people say the most is that there's something for everybody on a Disney cruise. It's not just for Mm -hmm. little kids, but they do a good job Mm -hmm. of making sure that everybody's having fun and entertained. So that's good to know that was your experience as well. Um, So there are ways that you can go about funding a Disney cruise with points, although it would mostly involve cashing out points or using like a Capital One travel eraser. Um, And I'm pretty sure, Sam, you have a blog post about this, I think, right on your website. But that's at almostfreetraveling.com. So you can go see if you can find that there. Maybe we can put a link to that in the show notes. Um, But Allie, you didn't actually use points for any portion of this trip. Is that correct? That is the sad truth. Okay, but that's okay, right? (laughs) Yes. Because you still say Yes, that is true. Um, Because I just, right now, okay, so on a personal note, we are trying not to use our own um, assets because we have a big project that we are using them on. And so I couldn't, this is the one thing that you can't actually, I feel like, pay with points unless you use a capital one eraser like um like sam had mentioned but the fact that th- this is one of the things where you have to decide okay um is the cash price a deal enough for me to go with this or is it you know a points if i have a surplus of points without a you know a, a purpose for them later that's greater then i can use my points but 
nonetheless, what ended up happening is there's a promotion. This is where promotions matter if it makes sense for your family. And if you hear one that sounds good, you have to act quick. This is how quick this had to be. There was a Disney Plus promotion that came out where it, on a Disney cruise, the third and fourth person sail free on the same cabin and uh, you just pay for their port taxes and fees. So you pay for the first two people. So online, because I have a family of three children, mm -hmm. it wouldn't give me any pricing. And there was like a special sign on that you had to go through to even see these, these deals or the sailings. And of course with school, there was no times there that worked with our Florida school calendar. So I was kind of out of luck. So at one point, one night I decided to go and call because it said, oh, for more people you have to call. So they, I called and the lady on the phone literally said, this, somebody must have just canceled, but there is one available for five people with the deal on Easter week for seven days. Um, and you know, she gave me the be. price. Yes. I said, okay. And she goes, she gives me the price and I'm like, okay, okay. I can <laughs> stomach a little bit of that. It's not as terrible as I thought. Okay. And she said, my husband, nobody was here for me to like, okay, this is a multiple thousand dollar decision. You know, I'm not just going to say, go ahead. And she said, I can put it on hold until 24 until tomorrow at midnight would uh, if you decide to to do it you have to pay it in full because now it's within three months of the sailing date oh wow yes so i said okay my husband comes home i tell him and he said oh that's not that bad he did the math real quick so um it turns out we paid for the two adults and then the third child was okay two adults is it was about 2500 uh -huh. then one child each one child was 1500 so that was less and that's it the fees were about another thousand so it was all in all 7400 for 7 days for 5 of us so it ended up being about 200 a person per day per day and so that saved about 3000 be with the two children so then i go okay that's not that bad all right. So I'm, I'm thinking of it in my head. Okay. Okay. So then I call them and ask them all the questions like, okay, well, what about gift cards? Can I use gift cards? They said, oh yeah, you can pay with gift cards after you've paid the full amount of the cruise. And so I thought, oh, like okay, you can go back. Yes. Oh. Correct. Okay. So Wait, then I, I go, it. that makes me feel better. So basically so I had until the next day to pay them in full with my, and I did use my capital one venture to make the payment in full. I said, okay, Disney charge it all to the Capital One Venture. So they took it off the inventory. Nobody else can grab it. It's secured for me. And then I went with my ink business cash that I had just gotten in the mail about a week ago because it was within the promotion of 90,000 points. So I went with that card almost every day to my local office max or office depot to purchase two thousand dollars in disney gift cards per day and then i accumulated them enough to then call disney back and say here disney i bought seven thousand in <laughs> disney gift cards <laughs> the things we and have can to you do yes and i do it 
And so they so, let you, they would, they gave your money back to your credit card. Yes. And then let you pay with these gift cards. Correct. Okay. Now, I did help them out and I did speed up the process a little bit because you can combine the gift cards on the Disney website. Right. So I went and loaded up eight at a time and I would combine two at a time because I bought $500 each. That's a maximum you can put on each one. Okay. So I would, I would, I bought $500, uh, 20 cards, I guess, 14 cards. And I would combine two into one, two into one. So each now gift card had a thousand dollars. So I called them with seven gift card numbers to re recite. Okay. <laughs> yes. Which, Which is they gladly take. Way and they're very 14. patient. Correct. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that is how I got uh, five points per dollar on each of those gift cards. So I ended up with 7,000 times five is 35,000 points that I was going to earn at Chase. And then later on before, and, and we could maybe I'll answer this um, probably later, but when you book all your excursions or add-ons that you want to add on board and all that, what I would do is I added all these experiences of, oh, how much is this going to cost the spa and all of these other activities? What is that total? And how much are they going to may ask to charge me for gratuities? And so I calculated all of that and I um, bought enough gift cards to cover all of that in advance. So I went ahead and bought another thousand in gift cards to earn another 5,000 points. And then with those gift cards, go on the boat and load them into your onboard account. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about those 35,000 ultimate rewards that you earned by purchasing mm -hmm. the Disney gift cards on your ink at an office supply store. So if you play your cards right, those 35,000 ultimate rewards are actually worth triple that amount. I mean, if you're going to use them for a high at all inclusive, a, a really mm -hmm. expensive vacation, that kind of redemption, then you're really earning maybe $1,000 in travel. At least. Mm -hmm. The way I can maximize those points that I earn is at either multiple stays at a Hyatt that costs 12,000 points, which the Orlando ones, you can get 12,000, 50,000 um, a night. So there's two nights right there. <laughs> and or one, nice at, one night at a really nice Hyatt. Um, in flights, that's a round trip to Panama, 35,000. Mm -hmm. So for me, I can maximize in other ways with those points that I earn there. And so that's also why I don't choose to use my points in anything other than flights because I can get seven to 10 times value uh, on that point as opposed to one to two. Flying which airline, Ali, to Panama? To Panama, usually Copa. You can go Copa direct from Orlando nonstop and or Miami or Tampa and Atlanta. Okay, so you're and booking them through the portal? No, I send all my points to the airlines. And what I would do is search the Copa availability really directly on Air Canada. And if you go from Orlando, it's only 10,000 points each way. So I would fly 
COPA being a Star Alliance member, and it would be partnered with Air Canada. And Air Canada charges you the lowest amount in points when you're flying a short distance or long. It charges you based on the distance of that segment you're flying. So it's like British Airways is for One World. Uh, Air Canada is for the Star Alliance. So you're transferring your ultimate rewards to Aeroplan? Yes. Okay. Nice. We're going to get into that more because I don't know if you can tell, but Allie's a, an award flight finding wizard. Um, I'm gathering that. I think I'm, I'm going to learn a lot about yes. cruises and beyond. So I'm, I'm happy about this. She's good at more Thanks. than one thing. She's good at a Thank lot you. of things. <laughs> but okay, so this is not points related, but you messaged me one day and you said, Kim, I got into the fish extender cult. So we're going to talk about <laughs> fish extenders, which I didn't even know what the heck that was. That was something that you I've figured never out. heard of this. Okay. So it's like a thing, right? On Disney Cruises, Ellie, you can tell us more about it. But um, yes. so yeah, it's all new to me, but I know you're pretty crafty. So this is probably like right up your alley. So tell us what is a fish extender and how can someone get involved if they're going to be on a cruise? Yes. Yeah, so I... Shout out to my friend Vilma, who had gone on a Disney cruise with a very crafty Disney fan. And as soon as I told her, hey, I just booked this cruise, she said, oh, you're going to have to get in touch with my friend Kelly, Cricket Kelly, because she did all the, the things and the tra she brought gifts from people and, all, and she's explaining it all. And she just said, I'll just send you her contact. So her friend told me, join the Facebook group, find the Facebook group for your sailing. And that's one of the tips that I'll give. Uh, so once you're in for there, every cruise. Correct. Okay. It's totally voluntary. So it is not done by Disney or anything, but there will be a, a Facebook private Facebook group for your sailing date. And you do have to answer some questions, etc. So they posted in there that you can sign up for the fish extenders and of course, it answers the question, well, what is a fish extender? Well, full circle, this, the story of the fish extender began on a Disney sailing going across the Panama Canal. And the cruise uh, passengers before that cruise got together, probably on one of those Disney boards or cruise critic or something. And they mm -hmm. said, let's all exchange gifts while we're on this very long voyage. And outside of every Disney cabin, there is a fish or if you're on the port side versus the, the other side, there's a seahorse. But the idea is that it's on the on that hook. And so on that fish is where the staff leaves you your little notes and your bill or your key card. So they just said, okay, if you hang something off of that fish, everybody, that's where you can drop off the gift that you're going to give to that cabin or that person or whoever you're exchanging with that is staying in that cabin. So it became, okay, well, people now started to decorate these things that hang off of those hooks and created some sort of like a mailbox drop off hanging system that is extended on the fish. So it's the fish extender. And so that's kind of where the name began. And so now what you do is when when you sign up inside the Facebook group and if somebody if they have the sign up 
somebody gathers all the people interested in the sign-up and they'll ask you questions of how many people are in your cabin, their names, ages, boy or girl, and favorite Disney character. <laughs> and then at, at some point, like probably three weeks before you're set to cruise, you're gonna get your official list of these are the cabins that are all ex you guys are exchanging within yourselves. So they'll send you an Excel spreadsheet with, in my case, it was a, a group of 10 cabins. And then somebody very quickly said, oh, it's our first time. I don't wanna be overwhelmed. Can we break it up into two groups? And then a lot of people agreed. So then it, it was divided into two groups. And so the top five and the bottom five cabins. I took two more cabins that got stranded, so I ended up with seven, but nonetheless. Um, so so you buying yes. gifts then for seven other families? Correct. Were you also receiving gifts from seven other families? Yes. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's really um, a total exchange. So you're giving to them, they're giving to you. You don't know what they're going to give you. They don't know what to expect from you. Um, you don't know what day it's going to be. Uh, it's a total surprise. So it's, you just know that some gifts will appear in the, in the hangar that you have outside. <laughs> and that's this, exactly what happened. This is a deep, deep Disney cruise <laughs> subculture. I, this is, I feel like I'm talking to my kids about TikTok or something. They're like, <laughs> mom, I don't know how to describe it to you. You can't understand unless you're in the culture. <laughs> But it's exactly. like a fun. It's like a fun way to make a Disney cruise even more fun and special and unique and personalized. And but it's just so all the guests doing it for each other. Yeah. Uh huh. So it goes beyond. Okay. Because if you don't want to sign up, okay, that's too much commitment. I I can't shop for other people. I that's too much stress. Whatever. They have something called pixie dust. So you can also sign up to be part of the pixie dust group which could also be you could do both you could be fish extender and pixie dust doesn't matter but you could choose just pixie dust and that just is random acts of kindness essentially so you drop off p uh, things randomly to the cabins that are that are like the full list of pixie dust people and that could be like 70 cabins but you can just bring things for like maybe five or six or, and that is much lower cost things. Like it could be stickers and Disney themed dollar, dollar store things. Um, Little ducks, that's very popular. Uh, so that is also an option. And we got pixie dusted every day by several places, several cabins. And then I would go and pixie dust them back. The one thing though, is that they will have a tag saying who it came from so that it's really not just from Santa Claus and nobody got any credit for the kindness. Uh -huh. So somebody would pixie dust us something, I would write down that cabin and then my kid, I will have little things I could put together in the room. I brought extra little bags, extra little things to tie it with and my little tag. Uh, if not, I would write it in and then I would have my kids go, let's hunt for a cabin number, da 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 da, and pixie dust them. They love that. So they actually both said that was like the favorite part of their trip, our favorite memory, which I thought was amazing. It sounds really fun, but I'm not sure if it just sounds like one other thing I would have to like pack and forget about, or I don't know. <laughs> 
but I, I think my kids really like a bag it. to that. Mm-hmm. I oh did dedicate gosh. a whole bag to the all the gifts, and well, I ended up bringing like, bigger than that back. It sounds like some of these gifts are like substantial gifts. They're not like you said. They're not dollar store type things. Well, a lot of it was small or things that could be condensed or flat. Like I got a lot of coloring books. Some of the things we received. Mm-hmm. A lot of coloring books um, with different types of crayons. A lot of toppings for the endless ice cream bar that they have, but oh, there are cute. no toppings. I made that too to give to others. So I guess a lot of people in our group had that same idea. So you get sprinkles or cookies or whatever, and then you and then I also had cups where you can just soft serve your own in your own cup. So I, with my craftiness, I would Disneyfy everything and put like a vinyl cutout of Disney on it or Disney Cruise. So I did that a lot. Um, I also got sand toys, like towel clips for the the you know the towels that you get on board. Uh, what else? Magnets about the Disney Cruise. Um, I did LED lights. I Disney-fied some of those and like bottle openers for the adults. I actually made my craftiness got in the way, but the a map with all the route and you can collect the sand in this little vial that I created. Oh my gosh. And That's adorable. Crocheted into an ornament. Uh, so you can like collect your own little treasure from all the stops. Wow. So yeah. Well, that sounds super fun, and it's totally opt-in if you want to find a Facebook group about fish extenders or pixie dust on Disney Cruises. Super fun. You can get as into it as you want. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us, Allie, now that you've been on a Disney cruise and it sounds like it was one of your favorite cruises besides Norwegian, do you have any tips for first-time cruisers? Well, on the Disney cruise in particular, they have the adult dining experiences, which I did both. There's an Italian and a French one, Paolo and Remy. Paolo, they tell you it's $45 a person, but it's really a la carte, so it could be more. And Remy is a fixed price, $125 a person. And that is a three-hour affair, and it is all, it's a Michelin star chef. Highly recommended. I even wore the same outfit I wore in the south of France last year because it gave me that vibe. (laughs) And it was amazing. Yes, it was on the, they are both, you know, on the water and they're very, it's just one side of the ship versus the other. But the food experience in the French one was worth it. Not to mention during that experience, the kids can be in the kids club, should be if they're, not the teens that can go around the ship on their own. Uh, They can be in the kids club and the kids clubs are all free. So there is no charge as long as your child is willing. My children sometimes were, sometimes were not. But we made sure that during our Remy dinner, they were willing to go to the kids club. (laughs) And so that was like three hours. Um, So those two nights we were able to book in advance. Um, you can do the free activities on board. Like there's this detective agency called Midship Detective Agency, and it you can do it as a family or one kid or each each child can get their own little card, and you get all these clues around the ship with these interactive paintings that you 
activate with the code on the card that assigns your case. It's really fun and the kids really love that interactiveness and you get to solve who was the villain that did whatever crime was assigned. Um, one I other saw thing. Summer talking about yes. that. I oh, saw yeah. another, yeah, Summer's Joy talking about how she was noticing people start the detective journey the last day and she was saying oh. don't do that you're never gonna be able to solve it but which did you say which ship you were on disney fantasy oh fantasy okay yes yeah well this was seven days and i knew to get it the first day and it was so fun that then we ended up getting two more cases <laughs> oh, fun. and you can get uh, up to 12 different endings so you can all do the same painting with your own little card and it gives you different clues to your particular case. So, but it is about going back and forth on the ship, like to the top floor, you know, every two floors is on the same spot and then you have to go forward versus aft. So you kind of have to hit it strategically uh, so that you're not running around the last day because you're not going to win a prize or they really don't even give you a sticker at the end. <laughs> so got it it's just, it's just, it's just a fun thing winning. to do okay so another tip is to decorate your cabin with magnets and you can diy them beforehand and they could be very simple and handmade it's just to get into the mind of the disney cruise everybody has decor outside and if you are trying to book things that you really want to do and they are booked up then you can always try to uh get on a wait list while on board or go see the guest services and things open up we did that with the golf simulator for my son and and that was really good oh good to know okay mm -hmm. so i just want to recap you were on the disney fantasy for seven days and six nights seven days seven yes, days saturday to saturday okay seven and nights. it worked out to two hundred dollars per person per day the deal that you got mm -hmm. and if if you don't do the extra dining experiences does that does 200 dollars a day include all your meals it does include all your meals without those extra dining correct okay it's kind of a good deal right i think so i thought so yeah okay i just wanted to recap that yes all right, and well, ice cream, endless ice cream, you know. I know, endless ice and, cream, the ice cream I machine. Mean, I remember that from a Bahamas cruise. That's worth the $200 a day per person. Right. It, when, you, when your kids start eating the ice cream, it really is. <laughs> we're going to backtrack to the, we'd mentioned that you're amazing at finding award flights and that this is your special set of skills. And that you actually have an award booking service. Because um, even if you aren't new to points and miles, finding award flights can be pretty challenging. I mean, as you could tell, we were talking about transferring miles from Chase to Air Canada to book, you know, on another airline. So it gets a little bit complicated. Um, mm -hmm. Will you tell us a little bit about your service and where our listeners can find you if they wanted your help? Absolutely. Well, not only have I worked on my family travel hopping all over the world. I've gone to 40 countries and uh, I've helped over a hundred cases by now to book pretty much business class seats to go to amazing places and either help them 
one one on one booking step by step all of their flight details or guiding them through the booking process or just how to search for how to get to their destination. And the average amount that a lot of these flights are is about $10,000 for two people. So you can do the math of how your points can really stretch. And that's my goal is to try to maximize how those points are redeemed with using not one, but I search in over a dozen different airline partners and frequent flyer programs in order to find not the right combination at the right price for your particular dates. Uh, so if you need any help booking or searching or any of that, you can always schedule a time for us or send me a message on my Instagram at Ali Travel Points or on my website. I have my scheduler on there, uh, www.alitravelpoints.com slash award booking services. I occasionally also offer workshops in order to help others learn about how to search and the method and what are all the steps that are required. Uh, I also have some free resources that some people may need, maybe like a list to give you a guide of what are all the airlines in this frequent flyer um, in the Star Alliance or in the One World Alliance. And I also have links with all the award charts and a couple of other free tools that come in a downloadable Excel file. So if anybody wants that, that's also on alleytravelpoints.com. That's amazing. Are Aeroplan and Avios your favorite? Right now, they are the best bang for your buck. They have low surcharges on, on you know, the, the fees and the taxes, and they are distance-based. The one thing I, I used to love United, but then Aeroplan came in and they revamped their whole chart and they're cheaper than United and they don't, and they fly everywhere that United would fly or the Star Alliance. You can find it cheaper on Aeroplan pretty much. So you find it available in, in United, then you cross-reference it with Aeroplan and more than likely it's available and more than likely it's less points and it transfers from everywhere. And I was going to say, just to clarify, you're not flying on an Air Canada plane most of these times. You're flying on United or one of the other partner airlines. Yes. Correct. Yes. Okay. I've, I've never flown Air Canada, but uh -huh. I've booked a few dozen flights with them. And yeah, it's just taking advantage of, okay, this award chart is favorable for, you know, the this alliance and... If you find the segments that are short, then they charge you per segment. And then if you wanted to add a stopover, which I love to do, you mm -hmm. go to one country and then you add another country, that's only 5,000 more points on mm -hmm. a one way. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's mm -hmm. like they're all selling the same product, but for a different price. Exactly, yes. And it's been great using, I also do award bookings for a big uh, travel blog out there. And it's been amazing working on some very diverse cases because now, you know, I get to practice using a lot of the tools like Expert Flyer and Point.me and Seat Spy and Seat.Arrow, some of which probably most of uh, the people listening have never heard of because why would you be looking into it so much or, you know, practicing like a nerd like we do, but, you know, it <laughs> became you an favorite, obsession. Do you have a favorite tool that you use? 
or do you use them all for different reasons? I d they all have amazing qualities, but not one gives me all the answers. Okay. So I start when one and then for a date specific point dot me for airline specific seats by it shows me the entire year of availability, but only for some airlines, not all. And then for um, something that may be last minute, which is my favorite way to find deals is last minute travel with points seats dot arrow. And I have a pro version, which gives you extended availability. But if you use the free, you can see up to three months from now what are and sort by business. And it'll show you who has business at a safer price in this direct flight from this airline free. We like to ask all of our guests two questions before we end an episode. And these are fun. Let's start with Ali. Who's your favorite or what is your favorite Disney attraction? Soaring on Epcot. Oh, me too. That's Kins. Good answer. Yes. <laughs> oh, and my mom went to one of the places on Soaring this year, and I'm like, oh, bucket list. Which oh, which one? place? Iguazu Falls. Where is that? Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> Sam and I need to travel more. It's uh, it's at the base of Brazil and Paraguay. Oh my god! And it's the big fall that looked like Niagara Falls, but it's not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the soaring uh, part. See, I wouldn't even have known. Right. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love that ride, and I have a drone, so I love to like think, see things from above, like a bird. That would be a cool thing to do: is to go to all the places on Soarin'. I'm sure there's people who have done that. <laughs> Like, figure out right. where they all are. Yeah, I've been to the wall, uh, wall of China. That was great. Before mm -hmm. China shut down. Mm -hmm. Wow. But yeah, that was my goal with traveling. Dreams is, was always like, oh, I'd like to see the seven wonders of the world. I still have a few to go, but working mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, great choice. I feel that really represents you and sounds like your family. So... <laughs> Um, what about Allie? If you could be any Disney character, who would you be and why? I've always felt like Ariel a little bit, um, because Ariel has big red hair and so do I, although it's, it's not as red as it used to be, but I am a redhead and I love the water and the ocean. Um, and so if there was a Disney princess, that that would be my my favorite. Um, so yeah, good choice. Have you seen the live action? Is it out? I don't know. I don't think it's I've out. I've seen yet. an ad here and okay, there. Okay, me too. Yeah. yeah. And my daughter loves Ariel too, so I kind of feel like, oh, it's coming back. Aww. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, good answers. Well, we're so happy to have you on today and hear about your trip on the fantasy and all that you can offer in terms of helping people search for award flights. So thanks for coming on. Make sure and look Allie up on Instagram, connect with her there in case you have questions about anything we talked about today. Kim and I love bringing you Disney content every week. Thanks for showing your support by using the credit card affiliate links in the show notes. It costs you nothing and means everything to us. 
Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of the Disney Points Podcast, where we'll unpack another way to save on your next Disney vacation. See you real soon. Thank you.